What does the word luxury mean to you? Is it a custom-built mansion on a private island? A supercar that contains the world's most advanced features? A rare piece of jewelry that's only available to a select few? Or perhaps a gourmet meal made with specially sourced ingredients? Join me as I explore the many faces of luxury, speaking with the experts, connoisseurs, and curators who deal in life's finest things. My name is Arpan Ghosh, and you're listening to The Luxury Podcast. Dubai is a city that has become synonymous with architectural design, a fact that becomes evident any time you look at the city's skyline or any of its finest homes. But what is the philosophy that goes into that design? That's the question posed by my guest in this episode, Jem Karpanjolu, the founder and managing director of CK Architecture. Well, welcome to the show, Jem. It is very good to have you on. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, now, Jam, uh, you and your company, uh, you're responsible for designing some of the most beautiful properties in Dubai. You know, I've had a look through your portfolio and your website, and it's just some really, really stunning work that you've done from the exteriors to the interiors and everything. What are some of the, the key projects that you've recently completed that you're able to talk about? First of all, thank you very much for your compliments. <laughs> uh, right. It's really important for me. Um the the latest the key projects that I can mention is mm-hmm. the six villas that we have designed and built uh, in the in the Palm Jumeirah uh, G front. They call it the billionaires row now. All oh, right, of course. Um, actually, I give the wrong information. Actually, two of them has been finalized. Uh, okay. Like uh, we have handed over them. Mm-hmm. The remaining four is under construction. Okay. Uh, one of them recently gets uh, the property award, uh, the local property award in. Uh, Dubai. Uh, that's actually one of the uh, probably the best one, and it's going to be kind of a nuclear bomb in when it's <laughs> when it's done. You know, uh, hopefully uh, after one year it will be completed. Oh wow! The other three are also uh, quite uh, in a, in a finishing stage. But what I uh, um, th- these are the the key projects that I can mention right now. Mm-hmm. But we have also recently. Uh, started uh, a lot of other projects in different parts of Dubai, Emirates Hills, Dubai Hills, uh, right. and uh, and also in Jumeirah. Uh, and we have a lot of a lot of other other things coming on the way. Right. But um, <laughs> let me not announce that right now. Sure, yeah, we'll keep some suspense. Definitely. And for the first part of your question, you mm-hmm. said really nice things about um, me and my company. Yeah. Um, actually, we believe in collaboration. We believe on teamwork. Right. Uh, of course, uh, leadership is very important, and in our business, uh, you know, industry, I think uh, initial leadership comes from the clients. Right. So to find that match, that you know, uh, uh, that you you know, with with your client, you will speak the same language. We were talking about languages, you know, before right. we started. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, literally, the language that you speak, and you know, the the common language of you know respect and you know love uh you know common things that you're gonna be agreeing on the basic things the process right uh, i think that 
that is the key thing for this sophisticated and artistically styled um, designs. That's the key thing, I believe. And till now, the last six, 17 years, um, we are successful, I believe. On that <laughs> one, you know? And Dubai is an amazing place, to be honestly. Right. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and that actually leads right on to my next question, which is, what is the design process like? You know, where does the journey begin for the client, and what's the process that they go through before you deliver a project? I think it's an amazing question. What they're asking is like the question that I ask every day to myself, because <laughs> um, the things are changing very fast. Right. Uh, uh, and you know, the I always like to do a reverse engineering uh, on all the things that uh, we do mm -hmm. uh, because when we say design we are thinking about imagining something to be built for the future yep. but we need to imagine now and use the resources now but it's something for the future and unknown right. that we're gonna end up it's kind of a little <laughs> bit of philosophical in that sense you know but um so I think the best thing uh, to start with in that design process is that uh, where we want to re reach. Mm -hmm. Because right. f from a leadership leadership perspective, uh, obviously, let me just give you a broad, uh, uh, you know, uh, the ecosystem that we are working when we say design. So okay. when, when, let's say it's a villa and mm -hmm. an average villa in Dubai, yep. uh, we are talking about minimum... 1,000 people in and out they're going to work there oh, wow. with all, all the other uh, people so right. you you're in an ecosystem that you, you're feeding thousands of pe people there and the, the, the things that you're going to start um, uh, choosing is going to affect a lot of people a lot of comp companies mm -hmm. and if you know your ecosystem you're in the process is very simple you know right. that benchmark that you put at the end and then from there onwards how are you going to come back so the most important thing is here is that um, uh, visualizing together that benchmark yep. of course the uh, the end user is the key there mm -hmm. but also we have a lot of access to information that they might not be ava uh, it's not it's not available to for them but we have it o obviously the standard process is you agree on, on a brief and then you debrief it and then brief it again together with the client and yep. then you come up with a conceptual presentation and then that presentation goes to a detailed design stage and a tender stage and after that tender stage it goes to a main contractor and then the main contractor with denominated subcontractors materialize that one and then mm -hmm. you hand over the project this is the process right but but in our case i think the main part is that you do this concept design with that ecosystem that i mentioned you mm -hmm. with a procurement strategy in the concept Maybe okay. just to give a simple example of that one, <clears throat> let's say wardrobes, like everybody has, it's a part of the whole process just that in a bedroom we're talking about, but the same thing applies for everything actually. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> in that uh, bedroom, yep. we know the context, we know the color scheme, etc. let's say, yep. but the way you're going to design it and you, the, 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 the way you're going to have availability in the materials and the systems is very much about who you're going to work with. Like, mm -hmm. are you going to work with uh, a well-branded company where you have limitations, but the quality and the design effect is uh, is so much mm -hmm. uh, with, with the brand value? Or you want to choose to go with a company less brand value, but more uh, open to some uh, 
um, you know, other opportunities that other... That there's custom. more flexibility in exactly how they'll work, right. Or you're going to just do everything custom-made and you're going to, you know, let's say, take the uh, leap of faith. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it might be... about. Uh, well, I, I said it with a little bit of fun because it's really important that sometimes the custom-made things that you choose to do could be much more expensive than uh, the top brand that you're... Uh, right. The, of course, we are talking this one in the context of luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a different segment uh, all, all over. But I think the design process is very much about this uh, procurement strategy from beginning mm-hmm. and setting the right, right ben- benchmark. Right, I, I quite like the um, the philosophy of, of of design. You know, the fact that you think of it from a philosophical angle, not just a in terms of the set processes. I think that's you, very interesting. You you actually point, pointed out something. You know, probably <laughs> my my life's um, um, the key thing about my daily uh, what makes gets gets me up from the bed and you know uh, sets me on fire is mm-hmm. this because. Uh, the philosophy, the, you know, the, there is a kind of a parallel thing with a philosopher and an architect or a designer, right? I believe because we actually give meaning to life with some other people around us, mm-hmm. and we allocate the resources after that. We have a, actually probably better, more responsibility than a philosopher, but <laughs> the beginning is the same. Yep, the beginning is the same. Right. Yeah, that's that's really really fascinating, Jem. Uh, just uh, going back a little bit, how long have you been in the industry now? Okay, um, first of all, my father was an engineer, okay, and he was also working in GCC uh, and Middle East. I I grew up in Jordan uh, okay. up to the age of six. My my even brother was uh, born there. So we are kind of Middle Eastern experts for a long time. Oh, wow. Uh, and then we went back to Turkey. And then, so my father uh, did his job. Uh, he was also a contractor. Mm-hmm. So probably I remember myself being in sites um, since the age of maybe three, four. I remember I had, I had <laughs> wow. a bicycle that I run from, ran away from my mom and went to uh, one of the sites that he has in Jordan. And uh, the, the drivers bring me back home. So... <laughs> If you count that one, probably it will be like almost 40 years. But, but um, realistically, um, I came to Dubai 2005. Okay. And since then, I didn't leave. Uh, so, right. and, and I actually just came after graduation. So, I'm probably like 17 years now. Oh, wow. Uh, 17, 18 years now, I'm in the industry. And for the last uh, uh, 10 years plus, uh, I have my own company. All right. And what led you to ultimately start Seek uh, Architecture? Well, I don't know if it's going to be sounding politically correct or not, but <laughs> Lehman Brothers, I would say. <laughs> really? Okay. Because um, Lehman Brothers, you know, uh, this um, really kind of, um, uh, not very surprising, but that uh, that that economical crisis that mm. hit in 2008, 2009, yeah. kind of affected everybody. Okay. But I think Dubai took it very well. Um, I... I I'm, I was in love with the city. Mm. I was in love with the, you know, the opportunities here. Right. And I said to myself, look, um, I don't want to go anywhere. Uh, even the companies kind of uh, pulled back at that time. They, yep. they come back, by the way, all of the ones that I know. All right. Yeah. Okay, um, wow. So uh, I said to myself, you know, uh, I should be doing something myself here after. Because, you know, in Dubai, you you just see probably this one in the States, maybe a little bit of Singapore. You have a very unique things 
yeah. that you can actually see collaboration of very different nationalities and different companies. Yes, uh, right. and and if you if you like that kind of variety, it's the best place to be. Mm-hmm. And you know, just before I established my company, wouldn't like uh, probably in a three year span or four year span, I have seen uh, almost a billion dollars spent on wow. very high end projects. Right, and it kind of teach me a lot you know uh, it teach me a lot to understand how f- uh, big projects happens mm. how people talk to each other the mode of communication right. and whatever i learned there i said i should i should be staying here and do do something of my own which was my plan from beginning by the way i was okay. always like an yep. entrepreneurship was there in my blood in that sense mm-hmm. All right. and uh, what would you say is the the usp of seek architecture <clears throat> this is a difficult question to ask, honestly, <laughs> but uh, because um, I I actually had uh, do the study with my team recently, a couple of days ago. Okay. I just had them, a lot of people in one <laughs> one small room, and I asked them, um, uh, we do CK on one side, and the other side was others. And it's really difficult to answer. It's like, uh, can I just give you a very simple, very funny example? Let's say, sure. for example... You're a taxi driver mm-hmm. or an Uber driver, mm-hmm. um, but you know that any driver has to have a taxi. So having a taxi doesn't mean that you're a better driver or a be- better service provider in that same context. So right. probably many companies, ma- many respectable people also, they have uh, what we have. Mm-hmm. But I think it's not about what, it's about how. It's about the mm. way you interact with people, the way you establish your ecosystem. So right. it starts right. with even uh, the clients you are targeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that one, the ecosystem that you have established with your suppliers, with yep. your um, you know, subcontractors, with your, uh, with your other peers, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of uh, consultancy and a lot of knowledge needs to be there. Yeah, And then after that one, how you monitor the performance uh this is a kind of a kind of a marathon in that sense and you all the our industries keep on changing and becoming more demanding all the time think yeah. about it like you think that you don't know anything i mean honestly <laughs> i don't even accept that question now if, if you say that i don't know something i said how but you can google it right now right like mm-hmm. it, it's not about not knowing something now how are we going to create something and make the best out of it uh, with the comparables? So it's about, I think, the service, the way we give the service and the holistic approach that we have. Uh, I think um, if anyone is interested, they should come and meet me one time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think they definitely should. There would be some interesting discussions to be had. Jim, you've touched upon briefly the whole you know, economic crisis that happened uh, 2008, 2009. Then, of course, recently there's the pandemic in 2020. And with each kind of major event, there have been changes across the industry and how the industry operates. Uh, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen since you started? Um, I think with the help of the social media, mm-hmm. um, the clients are more well-informed. Right. Um but also it comes it comes with the challenge that a lot of things are repeating himself because mm-hmm. of the algorithms um, that you know those social medias are run by right but interestingly 
Um, um, I have some other investments that I started when I was very young. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm into tech business a lot. Okay. So, right. well, I just want to maybe add in that units, uni, unit, uh, unique uh, sales points that CK has is the technology that we use. For example, now mm -hmm. we have apps that our client have access to okay. that they can um, see what we are doing daily for their projects who has done even from design or construction okay wow. so right. that's something that i should i think add on that yeah i think that's the a previous question that you said but it's a great value add-on thank you <laughs> um so in the this this technology development kind of is the one of the um biggest challenge that had the client mm -hmm. demands more than what uh what was before so and right. this is keep on increasing mm -hmm. so the projects are getting even more complicated right and not only from a design perspective but also kind of uh, the amount of at the moment for example i have probably about five thousand uh, supplier uh, agreements mm -hmm. and uh, this is thanks to uh, the demanding clients that we have right uh, we have a lot of we, we, we work with uh, people companies all around the world mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest challenges um, and clients are very well informed nowadays right so um, you have to be prepared for that one um, if you are asking me a priority on these things I think what would be the toughest challenge um, probably um, I would choose my demanding clients in that <laughs> sense that I learned <laughs> from them a lot right and really um, we we are uh, we are one of the best probably in that sense that we really take those challenges uh, and uh, learn from them a lot in a right. quick in a quick time. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, the well the industry we are talking here uh, is almost eleven trillion dollar industry if you take it all around the world. Okay. Mm, yep. Uh, Dubai and UAE total uh, share on that one will reach about in 2027 probably around 130 to 140 billion dollars right so we are talking about a huge industry mm -hmm. and uh, our segment is on the luxury side that's also probably uh, at least couple of billion dollars uh, maybe specifically only in Dubai and mm -hmm. it's keep on increasing because Dubai became uh, already was a very important hub, but I think it became almost the hub for the luxury. Yes, the, in the small city, mm -hmm. relatively small city, yeah. the uh, accumulation of brands mm -hmm. and uh, you know high service providers are unbelievable. Right, and I think probably this is the biggest challenge in that sense. The competition is really fierce. In what do you see as the future of the industry now? You know, with so many changes uh, that are coming, uh, and as you said, with the technological advancements and um, the way that's affecting uh, client perceptions, where do you think things are going? There will be a lot of probably disruptions in this industry from a tech perspective for sure, mm -hmm. but the human touch will be always there. Right. I have read a book about uh, humans. Uh, I think it was a trilogy for started with Homo sapiens and then ending with ah, Prometheus right. and so, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. uh, it, it was talking about the fourth um, phase of humanity that if you're not going to be on the creative side of things like writing poems, mm -hmm. uh, probably you'll be in the useless category in that sense. You know? <laughs> uh, so I think the, the future of industry for sure in technology 
and yeah. how you use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, we should never undermine the creative side of uh, humankind. Right. But this is a collective creative creativity I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, I'm talking about a blue ocean strategy. I learned this one in my latest Harvard <laughs> Business School program. Um, right. Instead of competing with you know everybody around you, you just create an ecosystem that you're actually collaborating mm. and finding your niche. Right. I think this will be the uh, this will be the feature in, in probably you know set steroids on that sense. You know, right. collaboration with many people. Mm-hmm. You know that that network effect will be like crazy. You know, with the technology that is surrounding us and developing. You, you know, think about. The amount of information before uh, probably 100 years ago, right. let's say we call it um, X, mm. and now after maybe 50 years ago, it's like quadrupled. Yeah, and uh, after every 10 years, they are saying is geometrically is going to increase. So the amount of information, when I say the amount of information, I mean the amount of information that humankind uh, collected till now, including all science and everything. Right. So the information that we have is like. Every 10 years is doubling now. Uh, and That's it's going to be even further. We will have more information, which will bring in something that prioritization mm-hmm. through emotions. I think that will be the key for from a design perspective. And right. from from construction, well, construction at the end of the day is a technical issue, right? Right. But writing a poem is not. Right. So you <laughs> need to true. balance them. Uh, well, in our in our uh, in in terms of architectural interior design. In that. Speaking of technology, uh, something like um, let's say three D printing, which is becoming by increments, it's becoming a bit more advanced than it was. Um, you know, in in um, DIFC, we have the first three D printed office. Do you see that becoming a factor in construction uh, in projects like, you know, in a high end mansion, would you have three D printed components one day? Um, for sure. I mean, mm. it's a it's a matter of time, right? Because you know this uh, scale of economics yeah. uh, is one of the driving factors of this one. Also, of course, there are some other um, other uh, parameters that needs to be thought about. But sure. what I was thinking about that construction, um, the the thing it probably is the f- the further down we go in the future, mm-hmm. uh, we will be more focusing on creativity rather than doing things, right? Because the making part with the technology is up. I was actually always dreaming about this and it started happening. Like, right. you think about nanotechnology, there will be smaller mm. smaller robots. Yeah. And they will start uh, doing everything. Uh, by the way, this is not something that I'm just creating right now. It's all already there. If you just go to probably Boston. Right. Uh, yeah. Right now, uh, the feature is being designed there in the western countries mostly in the universities of uh, you know ivy league universities mm-hmm. uh, they are even trying to create all the uh, things around us that we see like in this room we have the wood and this is coming from the um, the nature now right they're going to use the atoms they're going to produce the molecules and they're going to do that one uh, by using technology and this is going to actually open up you know the future for that and the question you ask is 3D printing will be a part of it. Yeah, and there will be more of it, you know. Right. And just wait right. and see. And by the way, mm-hmm. here the leadership uh, is really, really focusing on these things. Uh, right. And I see that, you know, to, to be... It's not easy to do these things, obviously, with sure. the help of... Uh, uh, but uh, when... If you don't invest them now, 
and when the hype comes mm. you will be already too late right you know? so yeah. this is the right time to really you know put a foot on these uh, and i think we are also there in that sense uh, as ck we are actually too very much we have our own app now that we can uh, actually share with our clients where you can actually um, you know get design options based on the design uh, benchmarks that you have you can actually understand your roughly the budget of your work on mm-hmm. the high level luxury level right and uh, also as you, as i said we are using a specific program uh, called procore that we really engage with all our uh, stakeholders of the job including our subcontractors and our clients right so right. and i think this is going to go even further in that sense mm-hmm. uh, now uh, with this 3d printing and alike uh, technologies we will see a lot of a lot of new uh, new things coming up and it also gives you uh, a lot of flexibility when you are doing you don't need to uh, mm. see the yeah. columns and the beams the standard traditional things anymore it's going to be l- more like building a b hub you know right that you yeah. know a lot of structures will be there uh, in place which is i think it will not take like many many years probably in the coming decade we will see all of these happening at the same time right i mean especially in a city like dubai which is always always looking to be at the forefront of architecture and design i'm sure We'll see some very interesting things coming down the pipeline. And uh, also, sorry, yeah, go ahead. You. No, no. Um, before coming to the main building of structures, I think you you can see um, interesting thing. I'm just gonna tell you. I mm-hmm. I have invested a small amount to a company called Maiku. Okay. And uh, they they uh, prob they prob uh, they the problem that they they pointed out that they somebody needs to democratize democratize the. Um, the manufacturing business mm, for example okay. i don't know a cup mm-hmm. um, think about anything that you use daily life in a smaller scale yeah but by the way let me just tell you about how i see the world in that in terms of scale wise for example sure. uh let's start from a city yeah we have city designers think about it they, they just design cities you know yeah their scale is a city you know if you want to talk to a, a city planner <laughs> you need to talk about a city you know right it's like a funny funny thing but of course you can they can do a partial part of the city also that's also mm-hmm. part of their job that's the big scale that they and then there is the architects architects either work on a on a building level yeah or a couple of building around it you know yeah that's their uh, and then we have the interior designers interior designers could be as you know their scale could be as small as this room even smaller you know yeah. now the pots are very you know in the <laughs> right, offices yeah. and then the industrial designers came they can design a telephone a table mm-hmm. and now it can go even s- smaller than in atomic level there are designers for so many other things right. they do either for pleasure or for really um, even health industry etc right now in this in this whole thing i think uh the 3d printing mm-hmm. is very much in use already for the smaller objects like right. tables like you know yeah. industrial the, the everyday uh, equipments that you use and 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 it's going even going very high speed now mm-hmm. towards to architectural rooms pots you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, spaces within spaces it's going for example i have seen staircases 3d printed All like right. one piece wow so it's more going top bottom to top right. rather than top to bottom but it's really in that level if you just google like you know 3d printed stake 
staircase or 3D printed table. Mm-hmm. You know, you will see a lot of them, and right. it, it gives a lot of flexibility uh, for the designers. I think that would be something that we need to mention here. And what are you looking forward to? We have some uh, very very high end uh, uh, projects coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want to name them now because I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> but they are like the, I can say that they are in very prominent places in. In Dubai, uh, uh, these are purely residential or um, a mix. Interesting question you ask. Uh, I think this is very important. Dubai, uh, I, I like Dubai a lot. I think it's obvious, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, Dubai is actually becoming not only a place uh, people just come for touristic reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see the statistics, you can see that like sixty, six to seventy percent of the residential buyers are buying with mortgage. Yeah, that means they are here. Right. Or they're going to stay here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's a very good thing because we have the transitional thing is uh, also kind of, kind of, kind of com- coming to a saturation, mm-hmm. and the new new uh, uh, buyers and investors are quite long term investors rather than short term investors. So this is something right. very good for for the city and the people invested here for all of us. I think, and interestingly. I would I wouldn't say we we planned it ten years ago, but for the last six years maybe mm-hmm. uh, almost we were in the residential uh, more than the commercial part. I'm okay. uh, my background is from hospitality. I oh, I was right. a designer and a site supervisor and project manager for mostly for hotels and spas. Okay, and then and it went to commercial places like offices, and then we just before a couple of years of before COVID we were mm-hmm. in in the residential. Uh, industry and you know COVID really increased demand in the residential uh, yes def- uh, definitely industry so yeah um, mostly I would say residential mm-hmm. but there are a lot of um, since Dubai is is a kind of a very young city mm-hmm. but it also likes to renew itself a lot yeah so you will see a lot of commercial uh, buildings hotels offices uh, restaurants will be renewed so I believe uh Although we are on the too much on the residential side, we will see a lot of development also, and we we also want to keep ourselves in that line. We are kind of specialist in uh, FMB and uh, hospitality also because of right. our previous experience. Right, um, and I mean, no, you've seen you've uh, I've seen that you've designed some uh, again very some very beautiful restaurants. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. And actually, I love the FMB business. It's it's very competitive mm-hmm. in not in in the you know the selling their uh, product uh, uh, wise only, but the passion of the food food and beverage people mm-hmm. is something to be admired really because they really like to compete with others. Right. Uh, and the the space design is actually a big part of it, mm-hmm. and we are really happy to work with them all the time. Right. Amazing. Jem, I think I'd like to thank you very much for dropping by. It was, uh, again, wonderful having this conversation and uh, getting some insights into your, you know, kind of your process in terms of how you approach your work and, you know, your thoughts on the industry. Before we wrap up, however, uh, there's a little quick fire Q&A that I do with my guests. So if you're ready for that. I'm ready. You can begin. All right. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so would you rather have a day on the golf course at the beach or on a ski slope? Can, do I need to give straight one answer, or can I just give you a story behind? It? You can give me a story. I always love a good story. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Um, 
when I first came to Dubai, mm-hmm. uh, my uh, I would say he was my he was not only my boss, he was like a kind of a mentor, mm-hmm. and he's. It was like a fascinating for me, like a 2005 and just some young person, 25 <laughs> years old. And he said, Jim, if you're going to be an architect, you yeah. need to play how to play golf. Okay. So the first thing like <laughs> yeah. is like amazing. You know, I think the leadership, uh, uh, you know, learning by doing or, you know, leading by example is this. So he just showed me that part of the world, like how you should enjoy uh, a very sophisticated game and which mm-hmm. is available in Dubai <laughs> and most of the places. And... Uh, it's, it has its own things, but probably um, uh, I would choose beach, uh, mm. not not the resort, but be, be the beach part of that one because right. um, I love sea, I love you know boats, sailboats, all right. uh, and in the mm. beach you have a lot of flexibility in terms uh, if you compare all of them. Mm. But I would not lie to you, I tr- I do them all all of them uh, in <laughs> every at least one time. Uh, right. I think. Well, your question is very valid in terms of the architectural and design industry because uh, all the things that you mentioned here, all uh-huh. the three of them, is actually yeah. about culture. So right. you need to right. taste different cultures, different mm-hmm. lifestyles, to give uh, to 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 give to your clients and your ecosystem uh, a better service. Uh, if you don't know that one, by the way, I don't mean that you know in a kind of uh, um, end user from perspective because you know when you go to a skis club mm. you stay in a restaurant you see how people work there right and when you design a place you need to actually design the place so that the guys there work less yeah not only from a client perspective but also from from a kind of a, uh, operator's perspective you right. learn a lot of things there i think that's the uh, that's the only main thing an architect should do that as much as possible he needs to see different lives and lifestyles like that where would you want to retire well this is a question that we always talk with my wife but she knows that i'm not going to retire honestly i mean i'm probably going to die in a site or probably on in the office when i'm drawing something that's 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 i think uh, what an architect designer should be um but I always, uh, I was lucky. Uh, actually, I had a, uh, I had designed a place that where I believe I would have retired if I have changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that place is a place with a lot of olive trees, and I have some guest houses, very small ones, like a small, you know, caravan type. Uh-huh. And each of them have the name of a philosopher. And, oh, really. Um, I am giving Socrates the ones that I don't like because he's been, uh, you know, <laughs> killed by the... Uh, I'm joking. But <laughs> my point is here, uh, I think nature calls us. Like, mm. uh, but I don't believe that uh, humankind anymore, a natural... Uh, a product of the nature. I think humankind is a product of culture. I don't think mm. we will be happy now if right. we go to a forest. I think we should find a balance... Right. between a city life and a, a nature life uh, I, I would probably if I would choose to retire mm-hmm. uh, I think I would probably find the balance between a nature and a city life together uh, that will be the place to be for me where I can you know um, 
half be be can kind of be a be half human and half kind <laughs> of my in touch with my animal instincts you know right yeah that's very very interesting what do you consider to be your proudest accomplishment I'm not too much proud of myself all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm in that sense because I think uh, there are a lot of things to be done. Right. Um, but um, I have. Um, I, I like to help people a lot mm -hmm. uh, in personal level and also in business level. I think to grow my company in two different countries and in three, four different cities and touch around 250 people's life probably will be my biggest accomplishment in that sense but um, other than that I didn't achieve the things that I like to achieve now I think the next one probably <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer the next one yeah, I like it what is your definition of luxury mm, this is a tough question honestly <laughs> You know, I, I always love to have a Rolls Royce. You know, you know <laughs> that's a luxury definition, I believe, right. because you know, it's a funny thing. You know, uh, I had uh, some um, uh, some brand that I was working with them, right? And he defined, uh, sorry, it defined itself in their website the Rolls Royce of that thing. I don't want to just say the name, <laughs> now, so I don't want to be rude to anyone. So I think uh, luxury kind of uh, have this. A feeling of brand's name, you know, next to it. Like, for example, mm -hmm. if you talk about car, you talk about Ferrari, right? Like, yeah. Ferrari, you know, but Ferrari is only selling every year 10,000 cars. <laughs> We are 8 billion people. So, so it's a luxury, I think, in that sense, something that you rarely find. Mm. So, kind of a, uh, there's a scarcity on that, right. what you're looking for, whatever that is, by the way. But From a broader perspective, if I had to tell what's my luxury, I would like to have anything that will make my life easy and I will spend my time less. You know, mm. because the only thing that we cannot buy uh, extra is time. Right. Of course. So, for example, if you go back to Rolls Royce <laughs> <laughs> or Ferrari, yeah. uh, they all give you time because they are really fast cars right. and strong cars and probably you don't they don't make it. but of course it, it's not a joke by the way I'm, i'm just telling you what i truly believe in that sense but um it's the easiest way to give an example for luxury scarcity there yeah you cannot yeah. actually get uh, a ferrari or a royce royce probably uh just uh, around the corner anywhere right probably there is a waiting list if you go down yeah. down there And uh, the the attention to details, the overall look, mm -hmm. uh, um, the status status symbol when you have one, right? Uh, the way the experience you have when you're buying it, mm -hmm. uh, and after you buy it also, <laughs> so it kind of stays with you. Uh, so I think uh, it's it's very much about it becomes about you. So anything is about you. And anything saves you time, uh, I think is luxury. You know, yeah. I, I would just define it with these two words. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, if you could change places with someone else for one day, who would that be? Um, your questions are getting tougher. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. That's that's very difficult, honestly. But I'm gonna just. 
I want to use a reference there. Okay. Uh, when I was in Harvard, um, you know, when we were talking about three main, um, you know, um, you know, character, the things that you look for in life, like you look for uh, power, you mm-hmm. look for affiliation, mm-hmm. and you look for achievement, right? Right. So, I think, I I think the power sides um, wants me to be in a political position like the <laughs> president of USA. I don't know. Uh, that would be something interesting to be. Right. But if you allow me, I'll I'll also ask you one more position, okay. which is actually probably on the affiliation side. Right. I think I I would like to be someone who is uh, a very big artist. Who Ooh. who could it be? I don't know. Jay Z or I don't know. Uh, someone <laughs> like right. can be in a kind of a stadium mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know entertain people. Uh, on a very high level mm-hmm. or it could be maybe a, a very uh, um, temporary artist I think you know that feeling of uh, probably ac- accomplishment you cannot uh, you know compare with any any other thing right because I think you get you get kind of a direct feedback on the impact that you're having yeah this I mean right. of course if I had to choose from being a president uh, <laughs> of USA uh, in a position one day or an artist probably in that high level probably I'll choose artist because that that feeling of uh, you know satisfaction mm. uh, people are coming to you with not because they need something but they uh, they want to be uh, with you and they care about what you created for their soul rather than their human needs i think that's something really really interesting all right yeah that's that's a very interesting answer now let's go back to 2005 yeah so you have met 25 year old jim who's just come to dubai for the first time you know he's just starting out on a new path in life what advice would you give to him um, is this the last question? Last one, I promise. Questions are really getting tougher. Um, I always ask this question to myself, honestly, because uh, what would I do if if I done the other way, that way? Right. Probably, probably I will learn another language, and I'm really feeling sad that I didn't really learn Arabic in a more deep level. Right. Uh, language is very important in life, uh, mm-hmm. not because you you want to talk to people, uh, but understand understanding them, and it's I think it's very important. Right. Also, networking. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. networking not just like dry networking, like mm-hmm. um, even choosing your school, uh, educating yourself, and while educating that those people that you met right. in different uh, areas. That you really have kind of friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that networking in that sense is quite important. Meeting a lot of people, learning languages, and also seeing a lot of space places. Like uh, go as much as uh, far possible. Uh, see a lot of places. These are very standard things. What I'm mentioning, but probably are the are the most the most most important thing for. From a business perspective and from personal uh, experience, right. um, I think reading books also is quite cheap in that sense because you can <laughs> you can learn a lot of things. Uh, right. But nowadays, honestly, uh, reading a full book 
becomes quite a luxury mm. uh, in that sense. That's true. But I think uh, that would be probably one of the. But other than that, I, I think. Uh, well, if I if you do all the things that I just asked you, <laughs> you're gonna spend a lot of time anyway. Right. Traveling right. and reading and. Uh, but I think for the young people, still the most important thing to understand the world they live in by actually uh, experiencing it so traveling reading mm. and uh, learning le- new languages i think would be the m- because look as, as i just told you right mm. uh, can you say now i don't know so i mean my my seven year old now is baking cake you know how he's doing he's just going to youtube and just typing something and he's watching and the he, video and learning yeah, exactly mm. so you cannot say i don't know anything now right. you know It's not about what, it's about how. Mm. So you can only uh, broaden your imagination by seeing what's available there. Right. And then you can add something incremental and do something innovative. And that's the only thing I believe. Right. Wonderful. All right. And with that, uh, we come to the end of our quick fire. Thank you very much, Jim. I do appreciate it. I'm glad you could make some time to come onto the show. And again, it's been a very, very fascinating conversation And hopefully we can speak again sometime soon. Of course, anytime. Just give me a call and uh, thanks for having me again. All right. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the Luxury Podcast. We are available on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. So please subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes. The Luxury Podcast is a sub-brand of LuxuryProperty.com, which markets the world's finest homes. To learn more, visit our website at LuxuryProperty.com and follow us on all of our social media channels. Thank you very much for listening, and remember to always enjoy life's little luxuries.